You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Is that a sock in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Well? <laughs> no, it's my penis, erect. <laughs> That's not the response. <laughs> That's not the response I was going for. Pre-show, no, the, the, before the after the show discussion started with you fiddling with the back of your pants, going like, oh, oh, probably felt tight. That's where it is. And then you, I saw you over there like tugging or something, like right up on your butt cheek. And I was like, what the hell? And you pulled a sock. Out of your pants that you've been sitting on all day. Have, a sock that you lost earlier when you did the laundry. I actually... And then you found it. Funnily enough. In your enough, pants, that's what... How's it, how long has it been? Seven hours? I went into the bedroom. I got my pants and some socks out of the drawer. I walked from the bedroom to the office. I put the pants on. And then I went, oh crap, I only got one sock. <laughs> so I went back, put that sock back. Got a full pair of socks, put them on. Not knowing there was a sock wedged down the back of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> the entire day. And literally all that has been <laughs> And no, you weren't happy to see me, so I guess that's the moral of the story. And I also had an erect penis. Oh, so you were happy to see me? Suck you. Yeah. <laughs> right. What else were we discussing pre-show? Discussion. No, pretentious Hollywood people. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the extras, because it'll probably come up. Yes. All right, so... Much like your penis. Dun, 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 dun. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, so it's Sunday, January the 30th. Is this the last day in January? No, sir. It's 31 in January. 31. 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31 except February, and I don't know the rest except of Except February alone when it's something in a leap year, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really matter what else you say. No, it doesn't you just matter. Because yeah. it's only ever going to have 28 or 29, so it doesn't fit in that at all. All right, so... And I'll tell you now, I'm 43. I say that little thing almost weekly... Because if I have to do something at work that involves setting out a calendar or picking a date of something or checking on a work date or something like that, I have to do June. 30 days of September, April, June, and November. Yeah. And you would think by now I would either have just figured it out, but it's like saying the alphabet when you're trying to remember where a letter goes. A, B, C, I can, D, E, F, G. Sometimes I see people struggling with a 24-hour clock and it boggles my mind how they're struggling with it. But there again... <laughs> I struggle with it. I prefer it, and I've always used it. So it doesn't mean... We have it at work, and yet I still have to often subtract. I mean, there's no working out for me, because that's what I have always done. So in your mind, when you see 1700, do you then, do your mind go, oh, it's 5 p.m.? Yeah. Or do you just think it's 1700? No, I think I, I think it's 5 p.m. If, but so, then if, if I'm going to tell somebody who doesn't know no, it's No, I mean, 17, if you're not. If you're just no, looking I just at, think it's 1700, yeah. So to you, 1700 is in the evening and it's, yeah. you know, sun's about to go down kind of time. Whereas me, you say 1700 and I have to pause just like I do with the 30 days of September or the alphabet. And I have to go 1700 minus how many? And that equals So you don't even know how many. <laughs> so you, you do some math and you don't even know what you're doing. You don't know. Is 1700 5 p.m.? Yes. Okay. So 1700 minus 12 is 5. Correct. Yeah, I just have to... I've been at work, so I kind of know because we have a schedule based on 2200, 2300, because I work at night. And I know 2300 really well. But then the zero hour, I don't... What do you call it? Twenty. You don't call it 2400. Just it's, zero, 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 zero. Zero. It's just midnight. Midnight, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's so- and then I love the morning because it's just one, two, three, four. <laughs> easy, easy until it gets to noon. Noon, yeah. No, yeah. No- noon's easy. Noon's easy, and then thirteen and yeah, fourteen. Once it gets to one o'clock. I'm blurry between about two and nine. <laughs> I have to do the math sometimes. That you just figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it before, but it's like a brick wall in your mind, isn't it? Those things. No. Not to you, because I mean, but the other way to you, because you're familiar what what from movies and stuff, or do people in England use? We just used it. 5 I always PM? had a digital watch. Right, that but I always used. Not every person does. It's not like if you go in a store, the clock doesn't say 2200. It says 1000. I mean, 1000. No, it does in England. If you go to the train station, it's all 22, 17, 18. You know, when you're looking for times or right. bus times <clears throat> or anything's done like that. We've always done it like that. So I don't know if you don't do that here. Not generally. You go to a bus no. timetable. It's no, it's safe. 8 p.m. or right, right. 2 in the afternoon. That's the difference. Mm. All right, so it's Sunday, January the 30th. Two days until the end of uh, January. Well, this one's already gone, but... Uh, 2011. This is after the show number 157. We're definitely into the three-year mark now. Yeah. Uh, and the movie we're going to be reviewing this week is... We're doing well- a lot of math here today, also. <laughs> Correct. The movie we're going to be reviewing this week is Welcome to the Rileys on Blu-ray Disc. This is a 2010 movie released on Blu-ray Disc... On the 1st of February, 2011, so this Tuesday, um, it's from our friends at Sony. It's out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. And you're going to give us a synopsis of A middle-aging man changes his life. Is that brief enough for you? That's what it is. You tell me every week now I have to be brief, be brief. That's it. A middle-aging man... All right, let's move on to the movie. (laughs) ...as changing his life. Alright, so the movie, Welcome to the Rileys. Didn't know anything about this one, actually, at all. Nothing, I never I knew heard the, of it. <clears throat> what I knew was James Gandolfini was in it because I'd seen the cover. So that was all I knew. And um, I had not even seen the cover. You guess what I think of this movie. You loved it. How, Minus a little bit of love. Just a little bit. You're not, like, all excited about it, but you love it because it kind of digs deep. And- I like... These are my favourite type of movies, as I say, whenever mm-hmm. we come across these type of... Just normal... I don't call them, they're not normal. I'll tell you what, you will love it. Realistic. You, the more you think about it, the love will go to 100%. But you, it's one of those that has to soak in. It is. You don't end the movie. When you really love a movie, you're like, that was awesome. As soon as it's over, you're like, oh. But no, I, re- a, I did love it, though. I did this is it. like a slower, you love it, and then you'll think, one time you'll think about, oh, because we talk about it, you'll be like, oh, that was really has, awesome. Yeah, it's one that will stick in you, for me. It's got lots of... Um, Lots of, it's real, I'd like to call them, I know the drama movies, but like realistic portrayals of things, um, and and things that you might not be familiar with. The only thing to me that's not, other than the emotion of this movie, which is a couple, they're distanced now because of something that's happened in their life, they're they're aging, they're not, Gandolfini, not Gandolfini, but the Riley's, the married couple, right? Doug. Doug and, well... What was her name? Lily, Alice, Lo- Lois, 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 and Doug. You know, they're distanced. Things have happened in their marriage in their past, and now got to have something to spring. That's a very real thing, like extremely real. The distance—it's not distorted. It's not over dramatized. I don't think in my mind. It, to me, in my opinion. The only, and then there's the you know the girl who is just sort of lost you know the person who's gone off the 
other way, like the kind of way you wouldn't want your daughter to go in life, you know, strip club, etc., etc., and you want, you're watching her life and you think, oh, if only she'd make different choices. The only thing I can find that's not totally realistic about that situation is she's not gritty enough for me. She's pretty down and out and stuff, but there's something about... No, I didn't. If you've never met people who are totally down and out, you know, maybe you'll think, well, you know, she's pretty realistic. She's a mess. You know, she looks a mess. She acts a mess. But it still just is missing that. You know, in um, Gone Baby Gone, the mother of the daughter, she makes you know she's Mm. hardcore. She's hardcore, scrubber, uh, just a nasty piece of work, really, when it comes down to it. But this girl's more of a... Not a nasty piece of work. So true. She's broken. It's just a, trying to get along. Trying to... It's true. Survive. Like. Damaged, but still not over the top. But there's just still that little... Uh, maybe I just need a little more... Has to have these different sides to her as well. Because like, obviously this one side... Very true. Where she's making money and this other side where That's she's... That's true. Maybe I need to rethink it Still then. a little girl. This is true. Um, oh, you're so sensitive. No, that's what I like about this movie, because um, I couldn't tell where it was going, to be honest, and it really had some awesome, I wouldn't like to call them twists and turns, because it's not that, but... Unfolding. Yeah. That's and some of it. it's, like, funny in a, you feel uncomfortable that you're <laughs> laughing at it. Exactly. And then some of it is, like, completely tragic, where I, I was, it's the situation... Um, not to spoil it, because this, won't, it. Yeah, this won't mean it. anything to these people. It, it will to you, though. The scene where they stood outside a house. Yeah. And almost like they've invaded this, and she doesn't even feel like it, she's belonging there. Now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because they've kind of made this weird situation, like... Yeah. It is... It's. When I was watching that, those scenes, I was kind of like, this is really awkward. Like, and that's the part that's so messy. brilliant. Yeah. Those feelings that you get. Like when he's trying to wake her up and get her out of bed. And he's like, da-da-da. And then he tips the mattress up and slides her off. Like and I, you, you I were to your own daughter. Or because my mother has done that to my sister. Gently rolling her yeah. up against... I've seen her tip it, tip it. You and know, he was just playing the father card. like um, Right. To, or to just somebody like, who's not his daughter. Which and is, someone who knows that you don't lay in bed till three in the afternoon. You just... You know, kind of thing. But those moments and then the reactions, those are the things that get me. Because it's just, it digs really deep to these emotions of like, um, the main thing is, to me, the theme of this movie is, first of all, it's an extremely optimistic, you know, it's a broken hearted, but a sort of like, you know, life really does suck. However, and then you fill in the rest. I think the Scott dude saw this in the script. I don't know the script, the guy who wrote the script, what his thing was. But it's really optimistic, even though there's just... Doom and gloom the entire time. Yeah, exactly. And to me, it's about, except, it's like about saying, say, for example, I did have children. And I do have nieces and nephews, who I don't always agree with their choices. I love them. I don't know, and my siblings as well. I don't always like them. I cannot control them. You know what I'm saying? I can't own them or make their lives better. I can only do what I can do in the moments I have with them and then kind of let it go. And I feel like that's a huge theme in this Yeah, there's movie. one moment in this movie you where... You offer what you can. Where and then, she... Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they both stand there and kind of... And and I was feeling myself like... Go, like, just go nothing. or don't. But or... no, there's just nothing. Exactly. Like, you can't... 
like oh, look there's loads of babies starving and dying in Africa you can't go there and take care of them all right you have to let some things go like you know that that's and then just offer in a moment when you have the opportunity with the person that you care about and you feel like they're they're taking their life down a, all you can do is in those moments do the things like he's teaching her how to make the corner of the bed or you know the I don't saying do we're not really explained what we're talking about if you it's good it's fine I it's think probably it's better, better to, to be explore yeah it's just little things of you know but yeah. I found it to be realistic in that it just had a few over drama moments but other than that I was yeah totally I thought sick. any of the over drama moments actually came from the girl you're right yeah everybody else um, I didn't uh, in fact the Lois um, the, the woman uh, brilliant character without going into the accident yeah is, yeah it's a really good character. And Gandalfini's character... There's an amazing moment at the beginning, which we saw again. It was one of my favourite moments of the film, where he was in the um, garage smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That's brilliant. There's so many... And this, I won't say, but he's going through something terrible. And his wife appears at the door and says, I don't like it when you're smoking in the house. And he says, I'm not smoking in the house. I'm smoking in the garage. And then she's like, well... When this door's open, it all blows through. He's like, close the door then. I know, and it's so, like, a, a repress it. And he's going through all something All they want to do horrible. is tell each other, but and they don't. And she doesn't know this. And it, it, and it, it's, if you didn't know what was going on in his mind, you might think, what an asshole, but... Exactly. He's, he's actually very entitled to what he says. That's, that th- that's another thing. You never know what's behind someone when you just see them in glimpses, like a businessman or a a jerk at the store who's acting like an asshole at the counter or some asshole waiter who's... Yeah, you don't know, do you? you? don't know what... I mean, I I jumped to the conclusion that a lot of people are assholes. I admit it. And, you know, <laughs> do you give people a free pass to be an asshole with the circumstances? I think in this particular scene, he had every right to say to be an asshole because... And you have to flip it around. Yeah, you Because you think do. she's being bitchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but yet, she's also going through... She's got the same... She's trying... Oh, it's amazing. It's, the more I think it's about it... It's a complex plot. They're absolutely... I mean, we can get when we get to the cast, there's nothing else to say except they play it exactly. Yeah. Let's go, uh, let's I hope go this up. doesn't get overlooked by every sort of, you know, attention. No, let's go on to the cast. Uh, James Gandolfini plays Doug Riley. I have always been a fan of James Gandolfini. You love him. I think he's amazing. I, I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, no, all he can do is Tony Soprano character, tough guy or whatever. This proves that wrong. Because he's not a tough guy in this movie. Let's not just say Sopranos. Let's say uh, True Romance. Well, I mean, he's played a tough guy. The Mexican. Eight millimeter. uh, Eight millimeter. Yeah. He's got a bit of a typecasting thing. This goes against that. Totally. Um, It's a real... The Christmas one with uh, Affleck. He was just a dude. Yeah, I mean, just a this one's dude. a real... The the character of this Doug Riley, it's... Um, when it starts, the first ten minutes, you get an overall... You get a picture of him that he's this businessman guy. Um, he's doing a couple of... There's uh, some like things, a, shell, a shell of a man, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not into his woman. Um, but he, you get it with just very little... The looks he gives his friends who just seem to be going on about their business and he just sort of kind of looks around the room and you can just see the... He, he can't even take the bullshit of normal exactly, life. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So he is he, good. That's why he goes off the beaten track and this stuff happens to him. Um, but yeah, he, he he's real quiet in some moments. I totally get him as a father figure, you know, and he's trying to fill something. In the room. 
when they first, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's really good because his mannerisms are. I mean, you can't see what I'm doing, but watch the movie and you'll know. There's a moment when he's doing a little bit of rejection thing, and his his mannerisms are so meek and so like exactly perfect for this middle aging man who revere, you know, he has respect for people and for women and for whatever, you know. Yeah, he's no, not. You don't get he's that. not an asshole. No, no, exactly. He's actually a really exactly. good man, like who isn't completely good because there's something yeah, else going on. Exactly. But But even then you sort of forget. Even that you kind of go, well, maybe that he was entitled to that. So, like. That's a thing that's so awful because you think about it. Once we've met him and moved on, he's now grieving again. Yeah, it's horrible. That's what I'm saying. Cuz you could tell he, you know, oh, yeah. So uh, he's been grieving one time and yeah. now he's grieving another time and then this kind of fills the gap. I love this movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's better when you... I'm raising the... I'm raising... I gave it... I give scores, which... You know, I don't love giving scores to movies, but it's the only way I can kind of calculate it if somebody just wants to know from me. Well, Gandolfini is... Um, it's an impressive performance. Um, I agree. It's really heartfelt, realistic. Um, it's partly down to the script, but he also... Um, Particularly them two, the, the husband-wife thing together, it's just a... Yeah. Really good. Him and her, too. Um, yeah. Because you don't know... Yeah. You don't There's know the dynamic this, completely. You're a little bit like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, what's really going to happen here? It could be really weird and dark. But it's it, one moment, like, when the wife is in a diner and that dude who's just a middle-aged, he's yeah. like a trucker, not trucker, too. but look like a salesman kind of guy... That was more... You, you're thinking all the time, somebody's going to get taken advantage of here. Somebody somewhere's going to scam somebody. Um, this is, Where's the underbelly here? Where's the where's the dark side of what's going on? I mean, that the, guy is the dark, creepiest. Well, I mean, it is a dark tale. Because um, then you feel like if she went to have a drink, he'd be like stabbing her in the back of a truck or something. Like, But he just looked like a normal dude. But it's kind of like when you're vulnerable in life, they portray this really well. These people are vulnerable, aren't they, to something. But they're both quite smart about it neither one of them gets sucked in in my mind to anything that that's gonna drag him down fully you know when they the one shot of him going in to the club and yeah. he disappears into the darkness of the door you know you're like okay you know some shit's gonna go down or is this a symbol of him changing or whatever i had a little bit of fear because you and then like you said you never know where it's gonna go so, um, Kristen Stewart plays... <laughs> I'm rambling now because I just really... I'm thinking about it. I'm playing it through my mind again. It's awesome. Kristen Stewart plays Mallory, and uh, people know Kristen Stewart from the Twilight series of movies now. But we I don't. know her better from Adventureland, which I Adventureland absolutely love. Adventureland and Into the Wild. Yes. But Adventureland's the one that pops in for me, like, because, um, I love that movie. I really loved it. We think about it. Into the Wild was sort of, um, one stage of this... Um, shall we say, maybe disadvantaged young woman. And then you see Adventureland, where we have another stage of a young woman who maybe she's not damaged or broken, but she's not exactly miss... You know what I mean? Like, she's not making the greatest choices. She's being sort of used. And then in this one, we see her in another phase of a young woman's life where she's being... Maybe it's the same character. But she plays it different every time. Just not to be... And Twilight, which we don't... Twilight, no, seen, no, no, no. I think that's completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think she... she. If there's a weakness in this film, it's her in a couple of ways, but... Oh, but not even... I wouldn't even say it. Well, no, 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 no. No, it's there's just, a couple of scenes where, were a bit where I was like, uh, 
she there's one scene where she reacts to um thinks he's a cop yeah it's that's a bit overplayed for me i feel like and i have no clue about this so i could be completely sounding like an idiot i felt like that might have been filmed early in the filming when they didn't have this a different sort of thing right. between them. You know what Didn't I'm saying? Didn't they feel a bit actorish, if you know what I'm saying? Like, like she just... was acting the way she thought this a woman of that. And then not I just was like, well, it. that seemed like different to how she was a few minutes ago. Like, uh, like it seemed just that. And then the one thing where she's like, "Don't be mad at me." It was a little bit extreme. Yeah. But I do know people who behave that way, so I wouldn't even say it's a weakness. No. I mean, she's up against... She, she's, she's Exactly. She's a young actress who's relatively... You know, she's been in Twilight and stuff, but what I'm saying... Is, and she's up against these people, like, uh, you know... She, she does hold her own, I guess. Because, I mean, she's in most scenes with Gandolfini and... She does, absolutely. There are moments when it's um, border... I mean, I'm, like, um, totally lost in it. But then you get pulled out by the actorly thing, just a little bit sometimes. And then well, Ma- she's young, right? Melissa Leo plays Lois Riley, the uh, wife... Um, yeah, she's really good too. I, I didn't even know. Unbelievably that. delicious. I don't really know who she was. Like, um, I know I'd seen her on television, but I knew she had won an Oscar for Frozen River. I just never saw Frozen River, and I, I knew that. And I know she's in Red State coming up, but um, I'm not familiar with her at all. So I think that actually made it better for me because yeah, I and her, she was absolutely one hundred percent perfect. In There's my a mind. lot of scenes where she just doesn't um, have to speak. She, she's doing like a, there's a whole. Per- silent portion of the movie where she's just on her own yeah um it's quite it's kind of funny the part where she gets in the car and they're like oh you're like but, oh God. but like tragic at the same time like because she can't even function day she's to day she's muddling it's, through yeah yeah um but then you realize there's a there's a thing about her she's not she's not a shrinking violet lost i mean i started out thinking oh god what a bitch she's got trauma in her life now she can't get over it and she takes too much medication and she's gonna be all cold and shit and then it's just like in life, like I said, you don't know until you start seeing her motivation to get yeah. from here to here. And then in that moment, that was one of my favorite moments of the movie, when he leaves the thing and then he's down the street. That's like one of the best coming together scenes ever in my mind of a couple, you know? Yeah, so I wasn't really familiar with her, but now, you know, she's in a lot of movies coming up. She's got a lot of jobs coming up. I think up. she's solid, man. Like about ten of them. I, I know, it's between now and 2012, so she's going to be busy. Um, and she's actually... Uh, I was going to say she's up for some kind of award, but this movie's not up for any Academy Awards or anything, which is a shame, because it's the kind of movie I'd like to see up there, you know? It was up in the Sundance Film Festival last year. Um... So, who else have we got? Ali Sheedy. Mm-hmm. Very brief. As Harriet. I just I wrote like, it down because... I was like, uh, holy shit, Ali Sheedy. And before you even think about it, she's gone. But Yeah. She's in it. I felt like... And this is another one of my completely conjecture, whatever you call it, when you just make up some shit in your mind. I feel like she might have gone for the role... Right. ...of Lois. But because Lois is a little mental, we think. But Ali Sheedy was mental in The Breakfast Club. And maybe she wasn't quite solid enough to go through the whole movie. I'm not saying that because I don't... I'm not seen her in lots of things. But in the part that she did do, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because I can admit, I am a bitchy sister sometimes. <laughs> like, just get over yourself and get out of the house and It's go. funny to see her, isn't it? Cause yeah, like, totally. You just have the 80s picture of Ali Sheedy in your head, don't you? I mean, everybody does. And damn it, she grew up just like Molly Ringwald did. Yeah. So, um, directed by Jake Scott, um, and if the word 
Scott seems familiar, it probably is, because it is uh, Ridley Scott's son. Or Jake son. Ridley, as I like to call yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> call him Jake Ridley. Uh, it's Ridley Scott's son, Jake, who also directed the movie Plunkett and McLean. Did you ever see that? That was um, Robert Carlyle and oh. Sick Boy. Um, oh. And they were like... It was kind of weird. It was like... Um, they were like 18th century dudes or something, like con men, like in this I weird... I like Robert Carlyle. You like Sick Boy guy as well, right? He's all right. Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah. Those I mean, two. I don't like him It's as a British much. film. It's from years, like, probably ten years ago. Um, I watched it. I was not over fond of it. Um, it was around the train spotting time, to be honest, because those you think two Ridley were Scott hot. was like, oh, God, yeah. he can't, he's not good like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, Give him ten years and he can make another one. He also has directed tons of music videos, Jake Scott, as, as well as that movie. Like, U2, um, oh. lots of different um, music vi- music videos. Apart from that, though, this movie and Plunkett and McLean. So, um, I think he does an excellent job. He, he obviously has learned from his. He's very quiet compared to his father when he comes and brother. I mean, yeah. uncle, Uncle Tony and uh, Dad Ridley are do the dynamic shit constantly. There's always motion. There's always movement. Let's keep it moving. You know, there's not a lot of quietness. There may be some contemplative. 10 to 30 second moments like in Man on Fire or something or even Gladiator but it's always very heroic and in this one you see Gandolfini from a distance walking through a cemetery with just a couple of motions of his hand but for quite a while a little bit of Paul Thomas Anderson attitude there with the Let's give it some quiet time. Because this that is a movie often. that is very quiet. Um, there are lots of moments, and it's, you just feel I'm sucked into it. Like There's moments know. of uh, no dialogue, no music, just a panning camera looking at a street or looking mm-hmm. at some people sat outside. A lot of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it is kind of a, what would you say, like a brooding kind of... And then I guess you would say if you were obnoxious, then it's punctuated by the dialogue. And, I mean, there's no action sequences or anything, but... It's no. like life, isn't it? Because the other day I was just thinking, you were in the living room on the couch, and I was in the kitchen, and you were doing something on your laptop, and I was doing something on my laptop, making a cup of tea or something, and there was no sound. And this went on for like 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> not that that's a really long time, but it just occurred to me like... You know, yeah, there's not always noise in yeah, life. Yeah, and it was but... nice, and it was like... Um, I mean, it wasn't like we were just sitting staring at each other in silence, but still, it was... That's why I like... Some people can't stand that, but... No, I like a bit of both of it. You know, I like... Aw. I like quiet. Do you know how much I love you? Thank you. I'm just going to tell you that now. So, um, thank you. Um, That's the director? No no need for you to reciprocate. Okay. So, um... (laughs) Blu-ray extras on this disc are very... Sparse? Yeah, there's There's just one. One thing. It lasts about ten minutes. It's a featurette. Talking heads. Um, You get to see a little bit of Jake Scott. You get to see um, Ridley Scott's eyes. If you are having, Jake's, you couldn't mistake Jake Scott need, as no, being anybody. You don't else's need son. a DNA test to no. prove that this guy belongs to Ridley <laughs> Scott. His eye. If you look at him, if you cover his nose, some uh, like, some producer guy babbling Blech. on. It's one of those. No, I don't um, like. Yeah, it, well, it is. It's one of those. It sounds pretentious. What comes out of his mouth? Like what is? As he sits with his knee in his hand and and um, rocks back and forth with his stupid black cap and his stupid tight black t-shirt and talks about you know the drama and we weren't even interested in this movie really and then you know Jake meaning Jake Ridley as I like to refer to him Jake Scott of course Ridley Scott's son comes in and I mean he sells it to us 
I would have rather oh, I think listened that's so to more of James Gandolfini talk, but the, he was very brief what he said. And breathe? You like the breathing of the Gandolfini? You don't like his breathing, do you? They don't. I can do it, but I don't like it. He's a, um, <laughs> I don't want him to stop breathing, I'm just uh, saying. He's a heavy breather. He is a heavy breather. Always has been, even Tony Soprano. I know why you like him, because he reminds you of Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> the breathing soothes me. I'll do that for you then tonight when I go to bed. I'll just lay there and give you memories of uh, Gand- of uh, Gandolfini. I have to say, he is really good though, and this cemented my. Uh... I makes me want to see more of him. Yeah, and totally. I didn't care to see any more of him before. You like The Sopranos, though. I'm not in love with it like you. It was all right. I was not sad to see it go. <laughs> oh, I was very sad. <laughs> so, um, in conclusion, for this movie, it's a must buy. It's a, it's a must-see, this one, in my opinion. It's one of those movies that, um, on, when it's on the shelves this Tuesday and there's some big blockbusters along with it, it's the one that will get forgotten and not bought, and not people go, I don't know what that one is, and go on to the other ones. I feel like it's a really awesome one for you to get when you're alone. If you're alone in an afternoon or of an evening, you know, um, we have a chance to just sit and watch a movie alone because... You know, you never know who's going to mix it up with you and distract you from it. But it's a quiet, contemplative kind of movie, Yeah, I think, I, I think if you like a good drama movie, which is what this is, um, you won't be disappointed because it covers pretty much all things in life that... And there's gonna, Yeah, there's going to be somebody in there that you identify with, probably. Oh, absolutely. Um, and even if you don't, you're going to identify with the characters, what they need from each other. Because that's pretty much what it's about, isn't it? What, Precisely. What we need from each other. Oh, you're so you're so smart. And fill it. Each of these people, the three main people, fill a gap in in them, in what's missing from them. That's exactly what it is, isn't it? It's like a puzzle joined together. Um, wow. You're so, cool. welcome to the Rileys. Um, highly recommended after last week's death race, which was not so recommended. Every movie can't be fantastic. So yeah, I highly recommend this one, and you too, right? Highly. Yeah. So um. If you want to enter a contest this week to uh, win a DVD, go to the... Uh, Not this DVD. No. Go to the website, A-Scully, well, see what's on offer when you get there. www.ascoli.com. You can win a DVD. Um, next week's DVD review will be seen as the Oscars are about to come up. We didn't mention the Oscar nominees, which happened this week, but we're probably going to start covering some of the Oscar movies coming up. Uh, and next week will be the first one, The Social Network, David Finch's The Social Network, on Blu-ray disc. Um, Courtesy of me, I actually bought this one myself. <laughs> Not sent to us by anybody. Um, because I really wanted to... David Finch is my hero. I wanted to... I thought Gandolfini was your hero. He is too. If I had to have like a bunch of... I thought uh, Lucas was your hero. Not really. Who Isn't else that... do you love? You love some, a couple of people. Paul really Thomas Anderson yes. is my hero. Yes, you used to love Kevin Smith a lot. He's not my hero. I don't, I don't see him as a role model or anything. <laughs> Do you think aging um, pulls you away from the Kevin Smith world a bit? Like if you sat down and watched, no, because I um, like Kevin Smith. Chasing Amy again, not Chasing Amy, like Mallrats or Clerks again. You still like it because it's nostalgic. But when you watched it in your late twenties or thirties, it was more like. Funny thing is, I like Chasing Amy. It's my favorite Kevin Smith movie, mm. and it's probably the most grown up of all of them. Anyway, I agree. You know, well, it's grown up and it's childish at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of. Drama, which is what I like. It's not a crazy. Even true. even the Jay and Silent Bob part in um, Chasing Amy is subdued. Somewhat, true, true. You know, so that's probably why it's my favorite. 
Because Morass was, you know, I always thought it was all right. It's funny. It's funny. But I liked it. You know. All right. So um, yeah, social network next week. So movie recommendations for this week. I am going with Groundhog Day mm-hmm. for my first one. Why? Because it's Groundhog Day this week. And not only is it Groundhog Day, it's our wedding anniversary. We have been married for 11 years. Wow. So, our anniversary is so important, they made a holiday out of it. They did. They made Groundhog a Groundhog Day. Day out of it. That's not true. Why is, it, why, is, why is that our wedding day? Explain to the people. Because we love Groundhog Day. Because we-, we thought we would have a movie, something to do with movies in our wedding. And then we was like... We both love Groundhog Day. But we didn't want to get married on Valentine's Day. So let's go for Groundhog Day. And it was a Wednesday. So we got married. And just Maybe. one year, I want um, Bill Murray to send me a card. Okay. Can you arrange that? A, a, little, a little more planning, because it's only like two days away from now. But, or three <laughs> Can days away. Can you not away. give him a ring? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Are you challenging me? <laughs> Are you laying down the gauntlet of yes. whether or not I could get Bill Murray to send you a card? Yes. Me and you. Again. I have one year. <laughs> and it will happen. I think Bill might be a bit busy for that. Oh, I feel oh, challenged. Oh, well, didn't he die? It was is a zombie. A, is that a dare? Somebody shot him. <laughs> is that a dare? Are you double dog daring me? Uh, and my other um, movie uh, recommendation for this week is Fish Tank, which I thought of because of a, a girl who is kind of off the rails a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's also... Doesn't o- seem to have much of a chance in life. The other, com- the other reason I... Um, recommended this one is it's coming out on blu-ray in a few weeks on criterion blu-ray excellent a lot of people won't have seen fish tank it's a british movie but it's getting a u.s release um finally excellent movie really excellent kind of kind of if you like this movie would like it's a bit more gritty than this yeah and that's what i was saying like that girl those characters you believe those completely a hundred percent not actor i mean there's no it's like you're watching. It's an them. awesome movie. It really um, is. And, and it's it, another about needs and broken people. And, and it takes some turns that you would not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I really highly recommend it. So Fish Tank and Groundhog Day. What did we watch last year? Oh, on our anniversary we went to that. Um, we were going to go see a movie at the sort of indie theater in another oh, town yeah, yeah. nearest. We get there and we just walk well, past we the window. We came home and watched the same movie. What was it? House of the Devil. House of the Devil, yeah. And it was nice. We're not going to do. We're not going to go anywhere this year. We're going to have a nice home, cozy. Oh, I'll be at work that night, but tonight we'll celebrate. My recommend. And are you only recommending Groundhog Day because it's our our anniversary? Yeah, because and Groundhog Day is coming up, right? So what what better movie to watch this week? That's lovely. Mine are Station Agent because I feel like it's a quiet. And when I say quiet, I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it's fantastic that you can sit back and you're watching this world and these people. And it just sort of flows over you. You're, there's no interaction. It's actually really funny, the station. It's very too. funny. It's very... Another one of those where you're like, what? That? Oh, I didn't expect that. And it's quite... I love it. Loved it. Loved it. And uh, Midnight Run, which has more action, but has lots of really awesome dialogue scenes that I have memorized, actually, because it's in my top three movies of my whole life. Um, what's his name? Charles Grodin, Robert De Niro... Bounty Hunter. It's fantastic. You've recommended it before, I'm sure. In fact, on American Dad, they did a thing where the alien guy, there's an alien in their family, um, says there's a long history of alien bounty hunters in movies and whatnot. So he comes out with this costume and another costume. And at one point, 
they do a little bit, a little homage to Midnight Run. I um, added Midnight Run to your Netflix queue uh, as well because uh, it's on Netflix. It's absolutely fantastic. If you haven't seen it, I don't I've know seen. that you'll have the same emotional They're attachment They're remaking to it, apparently. Who was like Jude Law? They, they don't some... say yet, but it's actually being remade at some point. No, it can't because Charles Grodin is like... He's just perfect. He's perfect. Oh, God, I'm going to cry. Yeah, it, it, just to ruin it for you, it will be... Don't um, tell me. I don't want to know. No, th- this is me. I'm making this up. Oh. This is not... <laughs> It'll be S- Seth Rogen. Oh, my God. No. And... and Jonah Hill. Oh my god. That's like my worst nightmare, in fact. That's what I'm saying. Is there a woman? You, there's no women hardly in the movie, so that's no. fine. Oh, that's our... Oh god. I'll cling to my original. Thank you very much. And I have another one, which is... Uh, we haven't talked about this much, but it's called Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I had already... At the beginning of this week, when I filled in this thing, I put that as my recommendation. So. Well, you I mean, care about this anniversary thing. That's so sweet. Um, so, um... Games and A-School stuff for this week. I've been playing some Dead Space 2. Um, you saw some Dead Space 2 this week. Mm-hmm. Do, do you like Dead Space Why 2? Why do you ask me? Because you're the one who talks about these movies. Just I to, really have nothing to do with it. It's not a movie, it's a game. I mean, games? I really have nothing to do with it. In fact, I'm usually in the kitchen you do, looking around the, the corner. I do, but... All right, so Dead Space 2 I'm saying, is it looks the fine. sequel to Dead Space. If I ever say, oh my God, I sat down and watched you play that game for four hours, then we'll have something to talk about, but... Now, Dead Space 2 is a sequel to Dead Space. Um, takes place three years after the first one, if I'm not mistaken, where Isaac Clarke, the hero from the first game, um, has survived the, um, what would you call it, infestation of the... I don't know. I don't know what it's about. In the first one, <laughs> in the first one he's on a space station called the USS Ishimura, and it all goes to hell. These necromorphs, which are these, like... Is people who've been mutated into these horrible aliens infest the thing. All to do with this thing, like a religious mar- is it a, a marker that people found, like this big statue thing, and it's to do with religion, etc. And it makes these crazy necromorphs. Um, so he fights his way religion through. Religion makes people into monsters. Correct. I, I should be so he fights his way through this thing, and then the second one is you wake up, like, at the end of the first one, he's floating in space. You don't know if he's going to get saved. He obviously gets saved, pulled into this big... It's not a space station this time. It's actually a city, um, like a huge city planet that he's called the Sprawl. And he uh, wakes up in a psychiatric ward on this place. They think he's mad. He's talking to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist's face opens, and a necromorph jumps out. and It's... The, it's and like Die Hard too, he's living the same day again, but in a different place. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, he's going through the the sprawl, and what makes this interesting is because this isn't just a space station; it's this whole big city. The areas are very different. Like there's like a shopping mall part that you go through. There's a children's preschool that you go through. It's very creepy. All the different areas. You even go through a. That's um, good lighting. I will say shading, lighting, whatever. There's a area where you go through called the unitology area which is basically Scientology but they all worship this marker that is done bad to the human race so um, you know it's this weird it's got all these weird when you say marker you mean like a magic marker marker no. like a big it's funny actually because it's called monolith a, like yeah like a monolith it's called a marker and on one of the forums I go on it's the Dead Space 2 official thread 
Its title is Dead Space 2 The Marker Is Not a Sharpie. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you know, same thing. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, it's. I'm not only about halfway through, I've actually. We've, I've been playing it, my nephew's been watching. So um, I didn't carry on so we can nice. you can see the whole thing. Otherwise, it will be confusing if I've gone eight hours ahead. Yeah, um, it's an awesome game. I highly recommend it. It's like there's some really cheap scares in there, which I don't really appreciate. The ones where they like open a door right behind you and something jumps out. Yeah, but I've heard you go, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. There's oh, a lot man. of that. Oh, what was that? I've but heard you say that. So. I like genuine scares, but the ones where. You walk down a hallway, they turn all the lights off. So you go, huh, huh, I don't know where I am. And then they send monsters from both sides. It's kind of old and like, um, they did it in Doom 3 years ago. They call it... They call it the, yeah, they call it the monster closet syndrome. Like, there's a door with a monster behind it and there's a door with a monster behind it. They're going to come out. You can't see the doors all of a sudden. And now there's monsters. And then the lights come on. And then you're like, ah, panicking. It's kind of... But in Resident Evil, originally, that was you loved it. Yeah, at first, when the dogs jump through the window and stuff in the very first Resident Evil. But now, there's better ways of going about the scares. You know? Um, it always gets me, and I've played a lot of horror games. They'll put a corpse in the middle of the room that just looks like a normal corpse. And then you'll walk up thinking, oh, I wonder if there's... Because you can loot the bodies in this game, so you would of see if there's any ammo or whatever. Can't you in most games? And when you go to grab the ammo, it jumps up and starts attacking you. Yeah, now, but... No, what I'm saying is, I have seen that a million times, but every single time it gets... <laughs> like, I don't... Oh, they did, what they did in this, in this game also is, uh, elevators seem to be where the game's loading. So you'll walk into an elevator, you'll press the button, and the elevator starts going either down or up. Now, I, I said, oh, they must be loading the next level there, because when it... The, the elevator journey might take 30 seconds, and then when you come out, you're in a new area. So they're just masking the loading by standing you in an elevator. Now, every single elevator you get in, you're like, oh, okay, I'm safe. I'll check my inventory, I'll do my stuff, because we're going to a next area. Until <laughs> the elevator's not so safe at one point. I won't tell you what happens, but yeah, they, they use the elevator as a... Oh, it's all safe, it's all safe. And then at some point it isn't. But um, I recommend the game. It's got multiplayer that I haven't tried yet. Um, but the single-player game, it's on two discs on the Xbox 360, so I'm assuming it's quite big. I've played it for like five hours so far. I don't even think I've scratched the surface because I've not come to the second disc. So, highly recommended. This week's um, releases are not very many, um, but a huge release on Tuesday, which is the Call of Duty... What are they calling this map pack? It's the map, first map pack for Call of Duty. You Black know why Ops. you can't get in your brain that the corpse might be dangerous? is because you play Call of Duty too much. And don't you go up to dead things and get guns and ammo and stuff? Yeah. All the time, like instantly, instantly, yeah. instantly. It's like soaked into your brain so much that you just you need to get that. Yeah, because you just run up and grab it. Yeah, yeah. So Call of Duty map pack comes out on Tuesday. <laughs> um, I already got my Microsoft points ready because uh, I can't wait for this map pack. Uh, four new maps and a zombie map. I never play the zombie map, so just four new maps for the multiplayer. Why? Because you're hardcore? I just don't like it as much. I like competitive against people, you know? So um, there's four new maps. It's uh, $15. Um, and also this week, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, all day, it's double XP on Call of Duty multiplayer. Oh my god. 
So I will be playing a lot of Call of Duty. You'll be on that week. shit. Yeah, because I'll be on that shit. Because <laughs> double XP is not to be sniffed at. It doesn't happen very often. Does it help you get your prestige thing or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. I was telling you, um, it's double, you know? that my friend, one of my best friends, has a 10-year-old son. And she was saying something where I was at her house. She was in the kitchen and she said something about, oh, God, he plays some game where he shoots people all the time. And I said, is it Call of Duty? She goes, I think that's it. I don't know. Go ask him about it. So I went in there and I said, so have you prestige? And he started rattling off, rattling off. Well, in the first one, I did it. And then in the, and then number four, I got to do it like four times the finals. And on this one, I've done like, and they just rattling off all this <laughs> stuff. I'm like, man, you sound like my 40 year old husband. <laughs> 41. 41. But Was you can help funny? me 40 if you want. Um, yeah, so. Oh, the map pack's called the First Strike Map Pack because it's the first map pack for uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, so yeah, double XP week and the map pack on Tuesday. So this week's going to be insanely busy on Xbox Live. Unfortunately for you PS3 owners, you don't get this map pack because it's Xbox 360 exclusive for six months, I believe, this time. So um, sad, sad to be you. Sucks to be you. Um, it's 15 bucks for the uh, map pack. Some people think that's expensive. I am in the minority for that because I don't think it is actually too expensive because if you are somebody who plays this game a lot and I literally play it every day um, $15 is for an add-on to add more to it yeah for a guy who spent what $150 on a thing to drive in Gran Turismo which you haven't done every single day I, I did this uh, I've done it uh, not every, every day single day not every day yeah that's what I'm saying $15 yeah, yeah. to play that every day and 150 to do that every day which you don't do every day yeah yeah I'm glad I got my wheel, because any racing game now... and You can I, say that as many times as you want, but you still don't use it as much as you do Call of Duty. Oh, no, because I, <laughs> I play it with my friends online, and that none of my friends are into, so I play it on myself, you know? But I do play I do play at least twice a week with my uh, steering wheel. Um, but yeah, $15 for these map packs, I don't think it's ridiculous. Um, because, you know, I'll play it for another three, four months for $15. I mean, you... Fifteen dollars is one movie ticket, right? I guess so. When you add on the other sixty, you've spent seventy-five on a game. When maybe that map pack should have just been in the game to begin with. Unfortunately, that's what it used to be. But this isn't. They started working on the map pack after the game, so it is extra development time. For it doesn't them. matter. It still is part of that game. So, yeah. in in my mind, sixty dollars is a lot for a video game. So, every three, if they do a map pack every, <laughs> well, they tend to do them every four months. Until the next game comes. So there's usually two map packs actually. Um, there'll be this one and then another one in the summer. And then there'll be a new Call of Duty again. Um, I don't mind getting two of them. Because it adds... You, you get so to means the, you've spent $90 on the game. You have. But so how much does a Warcraft person spend in a year? Way more than that. 15 a month for the subscription to Warcraft. Right. I don't know how much that is times 12. There's more math for you to do. But it's a lot I guess. Yeah, it's way more than 90. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 90, to me, I said to you the other day, $90, say, say I do spend $90 on Call of Duty in one year. Well, I've got enjoyment out of it every single True. day of the year. That's like, um, some people, like you said, Warcraft, they pay that every month. True. Or they pay... Or they gamble. Or they NFL the football channel. Or they go to the bar 40, every night and spend twenty dollars. Or pay for NFL um, cable, um, which is like forty dollars a month or whatever. You know what I mean for mm-hmm. the uh, pre- premium. So I don't think it's ridiculous. Um, and the, there was rumours that Call of Duty would eventually become some subscription game where you subscribe to it. As long as it's not more than ninety dollars a year, I'd probably <laughs> go for it. Oh know? come on, you'd do it anyway. Come on. No, if it was like World of Warcraft money, I wouldn't. Yeah. No. 
If it was 15 a month, I wouldn't do it. It's not worth it. I would pl- just to play old Call of Duty on the old one, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, what is available this week. Not very much. But I did pre-order uh, Test Drive Unlimited 2, which was a game that I loved. It was, like, right back at the beginning of the Xbox when it first came out, the 360. It's literally, like, the first six months of it existing. Uh, a game called Test Drive Unlimited came out and it's a racing game where you race around the island of Oahu in Hawaii I think it was called why are you ending every word with this question mark you know what it's called I think no (laughs) I I don't know what it's called I'm thinking I might be mixing no Oahu Oahu is as I believe yeah think don't know that might actually be the Wii Sports Resort Island (laughs) that's why I had a question so an island in Hawaii yeah now um the new Test Drive Unlimited, many years later now, we're talking three or four years later, um, it's going to have two islands. Um, 360's what? only been out for three years. Five years, isn't it? Yeah, not three or four. Yeah, right. I think it's four years after. So that must have come out like a, a year into the 360, yeah. or in the first year. Um, I remember you playing this game and saying, oh, me and my friend, we just drove around. We just drove around. I played the game. I played the game so much. Test Drive Unlimited. I've still got it downstairs because I bought. It's on my shelf. Played it so much. I got all all a thousand of the gamer score, and that was no joke because one of the achievements was drive on the whole length of every single road in the game. That's right. I remember. And uh, you you can bring up a GPS in the game, and it shows you the whole island. And as, when you drive down a road, it marked it off in red, and you had to. F- drive every single road in the whole game and and I'm talking like a whole lot not not video game miles I'm talking like real miles so I had to go everywhere they should add that as an achievement in the next GTA yeah drive down every because you would have you would accomplish that no problem I wonder if if it's an achievement in this one to drive both islands Mm. you know what I mean um so I'm looking forward to uh the game um it's out on the 8th of February so We've got another week for that one. So that's everything for this week. Um, and what's for dinner? Do you think anyone wonders, like, how can a wife not be irritated when a husband likes to play so many video games? Of course people think that. We have a young cousin and his girlfriend who, they have some turmoil occasionally, I think, because he plays Call of Duty all hours of the night and she gets pissed off. And I think me and us to be old enough and I... I think it's like a blessing. I don't, I don't believe in blessings and shit like that. But that you have a thing you can do. And I don't. we don't need to be together every minute. I think that's awesome. How can a married couple not love that? How can yeah. a woman want to be with her husband or her boyfriend all the time? We're in the same house together most of the time. We're within chalking distance or chatting distance from one laptop to the other. <laughs> Even when I'm 20 feet away. But when you're in here enjoying a game, like thoroughly enjoying it, how can I? How could anybody sit there and be like, "Why isn't he paying attention to me?" If I want attention, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come in here and I'm going to put my head right between you and the game, no matter what you're doing, whether you're killing zombies or driving or shooting something. I'm going to say, "I want to kiss," and I kiss you, and you're trying to lean past me, trying to <laughs> see the screen, and I'm like, "No, I'm kissing you right now," and you're like, like, "But I'm doing this." Right. <laughs> no, you don't say. That. You go, "I'm." I'm I'm doing this. I'm, I'm kind of doing this. I'm like, yeah, I'm more important right this minute. Priority. <laughs> I kiss you. I kiss you on the head. And then I go on about my business. I just think, you, you know, 
say, for example, you just pulled the plug on the gaming because you felt, because I was one of those just demand, 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 attention all the time, you'd be unhappy. Who wants that? Not me. For their I spouse. The I mean, I think 11 years is a good testament to that kind of thing. What did you ask me? What's for dinner today? <laughs> well, something that you found particularly um, appetizing when we watched the Vegucating Robin. Veganating, you call it sometimes. Veganating, yeah. <laughs> She's the veganator. Um, we're not vegans or anything, but you watch Howard Stern. Robin is Robin Quivers is, of course, the other half of the Howard Stern to me. They're inseparable. And you started watching, and she's a vegan, and she has this chef guy, what's his name? Gavin. Gavin, yeah. Um, teaching her how to cook. And then this one particular one, they made like a portobello mushroom with quinoa on top with this roasted red pepper dressing on it. And you were just like, that just looks awesome. So tonight, we're going to have a mu- We don't have a portobello, but we have mushrooms. We have the quinoa. Why don't we have a portobello? Because in our store... Uh, only about once a month do the big portobellos in the big basket look oh. edible. <laughs> this week, they're like all dried and shriveled and weird looking. So I just got a bas- a tub of small portobellos, sliced mushrooms or whatever. But it'll be sliced mushrooms, port- uh, quinoa on top with the onions mixed in, and then the roasted red pepper stuff, and some roasted carrots, and some sweet potato, what I haven't eaten already as I keep passing by and picking them up. And there's some sliced tomato maybe on the side. And that guacamole dip stuff, I'm going to try that, add that to mine a little bit. It's guacamole and tofu and some lemon. So we go uh, grocery shopping today. And I never grocery shop for a whole week at a time, do I? Because like day after day after day. the big storm is coming. Yeah, well, that kind of started me. But I think of it every week. Like, why don't I buy enough X, Y, and Z to last us a week so I don't go to the store every day? And some days I spend $40. Now, that could include shampoo and, you know, um, some new product that I find in the health food section. And they're always more expensive. So you might spend $7 on a jar of some kind of peanut butter that you've never tried. You know, so that kind of ups the tally. So it can add up over five, seven days. So I thought today I bought loads of vegetables, loads of tofu and Morningstar burgers and extra milk for your tea and all that stuff. And little mini bananas and blood orange. You know, just a random variety of all kinds of stuff. And so we'll be eating well for the next uh, week. Because they're saying we're going to have, what, between 8 and 18 inches of snow. I don't know. We'll see. This week. Which yeah. uh, is pretty crazy. If if 18 inches does fall, that's pretty good. That's happened that one night when I went to work a couple years ago. I went to work. It was barely snowing. Yeah, in that 12 hours, it snowed 16 inches yeah, in did. the night. That meant... Hardly anyone came to work, Couldn't which even meant see you, my relief staff people weren't showing up necessarily. I was barely going to get home, but the guy that I worked, my car wasn't there, remember? Tim had called me and said, do oh, you want yeah, a ride? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, sure, because he has like a tall truck. So he's bringing me home that day, and it was absolutely, I mean, the roads hadn't been cleared. Not, this was 7 in the morning. So if we have that again, so be it. We've got enough food, you know. But even if we don't. I'm going to try this experimental. My mom used to shop for almost like a month at a time. You know, except for like bread and milk or whatever. So we'll see. Not got, that anyone cares. We don't have a big enough freezer for a month. We don't. But a week, I think, uh, if I figure out these things we, ni- we like to have, then we'll stick with it. And that is what we're having for dinner and then whatever for the next week. And I don't really have anything else except the meaning of life. Oh, we're having Oreos as well. Uh, those are the cookies of the day. Nice. Because... Even with all the fresh fruits and vegetables, I got apples and I got oranges and I got 
quinoa and we got tofu and I figured, uh, what the hell? <laughs> I'm getting Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, so um, is that your lot? That's my lot. All right, thanks for listening to the uh, show. I want to remind you about our websites, ascully.com and sidtalk.com. Even though you write them in the other order, I'm always going to put them. You always put your website first. Clearly, it should be. But um, I always read mine first because it's alphabetically. Because if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be married to me. So I think I'm top of the list. (laughs) You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. Xbox Live this week for sure because it's double XP week for me. So I will play a lot during the day and in the evenings. Um, And you're just Ace Gully Live. Correct. And you can also catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to acegully.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe just using RSS, Google Reader, whatever you use. Email feedback to me at acegully at acegully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Anything else? Unless you have some amazing recipes for tofu and quinoa and weird shit like that. You might think it's weird, but it's not. And, um... Yeah, stay classy and Mr. Gandolfini. And, uh... Keep breathing. <laughs> yeah, keep breathing, but tone it down. Get no, a silence like, like over that schnoz. Here's <laughs> his style. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, everybody, because I'm telling you now. I'm telling you, this isn't opinion. Think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>